Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing information throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. The Side Notes today will be presented by Rachel. Hey, friends. Let's get into it. Today, we are doing things a little bit differently. With me in the booth is a guest host named Matt Rogers, who is one half of the amazing podcast called Last Call Tristas. He does it with his friend, Bowen Yang. It's a hilarious podcast. In fact, sometimes it's even insightful and can bring a tear to your eye. Okay. They talk about pop culture. They have celebrity guests, comedian guests. We are obsessed with this podcast. So make sure you check it out. Subscribe to it. It's called Last Culturistas. That's L-A-S, like Las Culturistas. They also are really good at talking about queer culture, which is why we thought it was important to have Matt Rogers on today's episode as we speak about the gay hookup app Grinder. Matt and I are going to talk about what we learned this week. We're then going to tell stories about our experiences with Grindr. And then we're going to get into a debate about whether or not we think this type of social media is good or bad for society. And just a warning, we are going to be talking about sex a lot on today's episode. So if for whatever reason, maybe you're in the car with children or something like that, and you think that maybe this won't be appropriate, then switch on over to Last Culture. He says that's a great idea. And laugh and cry and enjoy. Hey, Matt. Hi, Greg. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm very happy to see you in my nation. Yeah, nice fresh shirt. Thank you so much. Um, I guess I should just stay a little plug right now. I am wearing a <laughs> shirt from Everlane. I love my sponsor, Everlane, on my pod, Las Culturistas. They- They're not paying us yet, but we'd love no, one. No, but you know what? Here's how you put it into the atmosphere. Yeah. You have me come on and spill the true tea, which is that this clothing is 100% ethical. Wow, and it's it looks great. It's made from recycled fabric. It's a, it's a rugby tee. It's like, is that dark green? What is that? It's very winter. It, it's a dark olive. A dark olive, exactly. Wow, of course. Honestly, <laughs> uh, and here's the thing. It's like, I don't know if, uh, when this will come out, but it just got unseasonably cold in New York. I was excited to be here for the first snowfall. People were freaking. It was not. Phones were out. It was not not a chaotic moment. Um, I, I have to say one thing. I feel that um, we are the same energy. Oh my and god! So yeah, sometimes I, know. I feel like maybe I should try to give him Mitchell energy. I know, and it's like both. But it yeah. can't be. Well, they can be. Yeah, this is just going to be loud. Turn your volume. I down. was like, you know what, honey, <laughs> we're going to be peaking yeah. because it's me and Greg. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, before we chaotic get chaotic good, chaotic good, chaotic good, and that whatever that thing is, I still <laughs> yeah. don't really understand what that is. I don't get it either. Um, I just know old. what I am. Oh, what did we learn this week? So a new study came out. Okay, they took five hundred thousand people. And through 23andMe, they studied their genes. But also, of these 500,000 people, they asked them, who has had sex with the same sex? Uh-huh. So this means it's not necessarily people who identify as gay. They right. could be bisexual. They could be identify as straight and have had sex with 
the same sex. Did they once. have a moment? Did they have a moment? Was yeah. college the time? Yes. Like, what, 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 Did you switch know? it up? Yeah, exactly. So in, th- in a moment. So, but you can also expect that there would be a lot of openly gay people in this category right. too. And then they found that there were four specific gene variants <gasps> amongst these people. So they're starting to study about how genes and like being gay interact. They also found that there was higher incidences of anxiety and depression, but they can't link that to genes because maybe like people who are likely to have sex had sex with the same sex might be discriminated more or something Uh like that but it's still a lot of tension in the science community about whether or not we should do this type of research because obviously like queer people have been left out of science for a long time but also there's parts of the world where being gay is literally illegal and like what do you think like do you do you want this type of research to be done as like a gay person in 23 and me and like what I think is like it's it's I don't know if there's going to be necessarily a way to scientifically lay nail this down because I also think you'd have to take a lot into account which is like we're talking about stress levels in relation to us talking about this you have to also understand that like someone who has had a gay experience or has gay experiences like their mentality about sex is forever different from someone who grew up and was raised heterosexual from the very beginning so it's like I think that the stimuli and like measuring people's anxiety and like responses emotionally to these kinds of things it's like we exist as two almost different kinds of human beings yeah when you are someone who has an instinct to hook up with same sex uh individuals or like if you are if you have an instinct to hook up with the same sex (laughs) okay okay. i feel like you are conscious of the fact that that's like a quote-unquote bad Bad, impulse especially when you're younger exactly and so i think we live for a long time in a certain with a certain degree of fear and discomfort and i feel like that's the answer right there almost yeah it's like any sort of like same sex urge is going to be accompanied by shame yeah for sure and i also think because of the culture yeah because of the culture and i think that's the scary thing about it like when when it comes to when we're jumping the gun to start studying genetics and being gay i'm kind of like let's slow down and study some other things first like we don't need to be like brought into science like for this right off the bat right i also i understand wanting to know because i think all information like is good information but also it's like i i sometimes get a little nervous when it when it comes to like when we procure this information what do we do with exactly. it you know what i mean this thing of going down the road it's like does this kind of mean there's going to be some sort of genetic targeting or modulation later on and about people who exactly. don't want gay children or lgbt children it's like uh, while I think like it's always great to kind of know exactly the genesis of things and like it's always great to ask the question why if you can find an answer and sometimes even if you can't it just maybe this is the cynical part of me but it's like what exactly are we trying to get this information for, for. and what I totally to what agree end? and like why should we trust institutions at all hashtag history like yeah I totally 100%. agree but it's happening <laughs> it is happening honey okay what did you learn this week okay so Actually, today I was watching The View, okay, as yeah, I am as wont do, to do. I, I famously watch The View every single day. Because <laughs> you I need like to mix the up view. the views. I, I, you know, I love to see five different views <laughs> from the five cast members. Um, and they're talking about how overall um, people are having less sex. Like uh-huh. millennials, like the uh, rates of sexuality and like expressing yourself sexually. When you, well, they asked like a certain amount of wow. people and they said they had, had not had sex or had a desire to 
to have sex less. So it's very interesting to me. I think, especially like in Asia, when you look at like the like for not fertility rates, but just the rate of people getting pregnant yeah, it's, it's and like an issue there because they, they don't have issue. enough kids to keep the economy alive. Yeah. And so this was something that I guess that like started a sort of a like sexual phenomenon or asexual phenomenon, if you will, in Asia, especially in Japan. I think Tokyo is like the most sexless city in the world. Wow. Um, major city anyway but um yeah, it's yeah, sort of right a small town somewhere that's fully sexless they're not fucking a lot in cairo yeah. um either no i'm just kidding I, I don't know i don't know that information i forget i forget that your podcast is like actual scientific like information and, and mine like, is full bullshit right so um but i should um say that i kind of understand yeah this thing of like the millennial generation having less interest in sex because i think that the social media thing i mean i know i'm personally very susceptible to it but and i know we're going to talk about it today in the topic at large but um it can kind of get you in your head it can kind of get you feeling yes. like the standards of beauty are really high and like sort of what like makes... unattractive almost exactly wow. oh, absolutely i mean when you go on to like, I mean, anything where the standard of beauty is going to be forced in your face at all times is going to have you fixed on that. And I think social media knows what gets people to click. And I think people do think with their sexual organs. Yeah. So, and and it, I mean, there's so many, again, this is like, there's so many factors too. like, even something like porn is like, there's so much easy access to that. Like maybe oh, that could contribute like. Yeah, like you, ha we now have so many different ways of getting of off, pleasuring ourselves, yes. literally. That like I don't know what kind of impact that could have, but it's interesting to know that people are having less sex because I think, without knowing that information, I would have thought the opposite. I, you would think because we live in such a world that revolves around sex, yeah. like, oh, sex is happening everywhere. But if you really think about it, it it's not, it's not um, unbelievable to assume that because you're seeing the physical perfection around you at all times, yeah. especially based on people you follow, et cetera, things like that, that you would feel discomfort in your own skin. And when you combine that with the ease in which you can just find sexual gratification with porn, with just talking to someone online, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, so these things kind of would go hand in hand to make me believe that it's true that millennials are having a lot less Sex. We're this, just too busy reading books. I mean, I don't. Here's the thing. I'm not reading any books. <laughs> watching the view. We're too busy watching. I'm the watching view. the view, and like, it's. Should I be fucking instead? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. We'd be happier. I think I'd be happier overall. <laughs> Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. So today we are talking about grinder. G R I N D R. Yes. Okay. A, don't get it twisted. Atypical spelling. <laughs> atypical spelling. Not like the Rob Lowe uh, sitcom, which was called Grinder. G R I N D E R. He, he was in a show on television called The Grinder. And I'm like, see, when I, th yeah, it was like two, three years ago. I was like, when I think about Rob Lowe and Grinder, my that mind goes in one area. No, yes, <laughs> for sure. Like, did no one consult on that? I don't know. I, it was called The Grinder. Maybe it was they called thought that the was good. The Grinder. And oh, I was like, I don't know. God. There's a whole population that's only going to think one thing and like some gay people do say are you on the grinder yeah right um, the grinder okay so grinder is an app that uses gps technology i literally looked up how people wrote grinder i was like i've never thought about it like this yeah like what exactly it is they said grinder uses gps technology to display a grid of <gasps> men nearby and when you click on said picture of this man, a profile comes up of which there is a photo and some information some like what Sexual are some of the acronyms yeah. um DTF <laughs> Yeah like d Down to fuck Well basically Then you can fill out Your profile And they ask you What this is problematic But they ask you What your tribe is Yeah Like what you're looking Weird for word. What you're interested in You can click like Looking for right now Looking for a relationship Looking for dating Looking for just friends But in general And like the 
idea of Grindr, I think a lot of people would say it is about sex. It's more it's, about sex than maybe other apps. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're not going on there to have sex, you're in the minority. Yeah, people I are agree. on Grindr. Gay men are on Grindr. Or, you know, whoever you are, the queer populace is on Grindr to find people to connect with sexually in their immediate area. In their immediate area. Like, it could be feet away. It could be feet and away. Uh, literally, that's how they measure it. It's like this person is 4,000 like four. feet away. <laughs> yeah. I know. Not the metric system. Interesting. It's so funny how this is like something we accept and then you're talking about it and you're like it this sounds, sounds crazy. crazy i know because i'm literally listening like through the perspective of people who aren't used to this and they're probably like that's horrifying yeah but okay so we're going to be telling stories right now about grinder um so i'm going to go first okay so i think it's important to know we talked about on the relationship on the relationship board talked about on the podcast before but mitch and i are in an open relationship yes and so we it's kind of like been something that has i don't know we've been in this open relationship for long enough that it feels like not like it's not interesting to talk about, but I remember the time when we first started to do it that mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about all the time. Yeah. And now I feel like when people ask me I've about it, I'm a little bit more like, oh, wait, like it's so interesting to me. Like one thing I've always thought, I think people ask me about jealousy and things like that, which I, I think were valid at the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. But and it was like through a therapist. Everything interesting is through a therapist was just saying that like put getting married puts so much pressure on a relationship that yeah. it can be so detrimental that sometimes being in an open relationship or even just like having that willingness to allow your partner to just like know that there could be other options can keep that relationship going. And like, yeah. I think that's so true. Like we spent, me and Mitch spent all of our time together. We're not, it's not a really big deal in our relationship at all, mm -hmm. but it is like, so I'm like, if he fell in love or like something happened and he, you know, built a relationship with someone else, I would want to know that. Like having yeah. affairs, all these things happen all the time, mm -hmm. not necessarily to just straight people, but I really think open relationships aren't for everyone, but it's important to know that monogamous relationships aren't the be all end all. So and there's so I, much negativity. Can I ask you yes. a question about it? How you guys have been together like a decade? Literally about to be 11 years. Yes. Okay, about to be 11 years. How long have you been open? So that's the thing, like I taught in the UK for a while. So we were like physically were separated. Physically so it was kind of like that made sense. Right. And then it's sort of since it's almost like, yeah, I guess we've been open for like four years or something. But that's the thing. We don't. It's so funny because we our lives are so intertwined that mm -hmm. maybe it's just that like obviously like we don't talk about it that much, but we still do talk about it. And it can right. be really an, ex an exciting part about a relationship. Yeah, I mean, there, I remember I was in one as well and there were times when it was actually something to connect over. Most yeah. of the time it wasn't right for us and it kind of just made us jealous and I yeah. think uglier versions but of ourselves. Je but, but jealousy... As someone who's been in a really long term... This is also... This will be about Grindr. This is just me trying <laughs> to explain why I know about Grindr. Um, jealousy is a... In a certain amount is a really important thing for a relationship. Because if you don't have huh. that, I think that you, that's when you start to hear about these relationships that kind of just like, I don't know, like they Get become complacent. complacent. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's not like, obviously you don't want to feel jealousy all the time, but I think it's another emotion that we have said is only negative, right. but no, there's something exciting about that. You want to be attracted to your partner and yeah. sometimes that can help. I know you have your good, you're going to get yeah, to your story, yeah, but I find but myself so having so many questions about it. Like, like I, I want to know like how, how much you guys act on it. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I, like we are in such a unique position that we don't act on it very much because we're always together. You're always together. We're always together. We're always, and I'm not seeking out a lot. And I know that he isn't either. We're in such a solid relationship that yeah. I think it's kind of like a little bit different. It's more like, you know, if something happens, it's not going to be considered the cheating. End of the world. We can talk about it. Right. And it is also very non you can have sex as a gay person without intimacy so easily. It's very And that's, easy. I think, the biggest thing for people is that intimacy, that, like, abandonment, that cheating. But, like, gay men, 
It's like, not it's like, like you're that. not finding intimacy. Like it's not like that, especially with Grindr. And not to say that people like, you know, cause I think that sometimes a thing that I sometimes like hear when people say that is like, uh, as a gay man, I'm not going to find that intimacy. It's just too hard to find. Like there are lots of gay men out there who don't feel this way and don't want to connect with me maybe in the way that I do. I think that that's like, it's really, what we're saying is like, it's easy to have those kinds of connections and not feel like beholden yes, in exactly. an intimate way. Yeah, yeah. It's you not that like, intimacy absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. and okay, so that's, that's something true. i think because because that's something that kind of makes me sad sometimes when yeah I, or it made me sad in the beginning when i thought about like grinder and how yeah. like when i started dating again and i was like god like is it going to be so hard to find someone who does maybe want to be monogamous monogamous oh, with me for a time like it does intimacy in the gay community not exist in okay. a way that it's yeah and, i don't and, think that that's true and neither but do you can i find non-intimate sexual relations very easily, easily in yeah, the gay community yeah. so Whereas, i think that's like an important thing to say yeah thank you for that okay so my story is a little it's weird so i i love that it's little and a little weird. Little, little, little and weird <laughs> like my grinder <laughs> um okay so my I've had this obsession with the name Liam, like since I was a child. I always wanted to name my kid Liam. I was like, I wish my name was Liam. I remember when I was like wow. young with like, I know it was like part of my identity. Like I remember in grade nine, like hanging out with my girlfriends as you do as a gay yeah. kid and being like walking by stop signs and then being like, and being like, I'm Liam now. And I yeah. had like split personality Liam. So I used to do that with the name Johnny. Really? Yeah. Did you? Did you ever play Like wait No like I had a screen name That was Johnny yes. Guy 99 Yes okay. It was really weird Like I was obsessed With the, having a different name That's so interesting I know And I maybe, maybe We can go into This could be a side note Where it's like Why do gay guys struggle And want to be a different person I don't know But It was so, when I was like nine though You're right yeah, yeah it was like a weird I don't know what it was Well it was you like, were a grade nine Yeah 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 But same same. Day, a little, same day, little bit same weirder day, Same day yeah. <laughs> So I wanted to like I don't know. I had this weird relationship with this name. And so when Mitch and I started to be in an open relationship, we had already started ASAP Science. We were like, I don't know, like two or three years into it. And so when I like got Grinder, I didn't, I wanted to remain anonymous. Like Mitch, I think is okay with having, he's okay with being on Grinder or whatever. But like, mm -hmm. even as just like a niche educational person, it just scared me so much. Right. So I chose the name Liam. <laughs> so now like my Grinder profile is like this name Liam. And like, so whenever... I do have like some sort of hookup. People will say like Liam, and I'm like living out my fantasy right now. It's like this like name that I've like always loved and wanted. And I think they call you Liam. They call me Liam. But the thing is, I wanted to name my kid Liam, and now I'm like, I think no. I ruined that because now all <laughs> your kid like, cannot share the name, name of your, your grinder, grinder alter ego. <laughs> I don't I know. know. But it was like a split decision that I made. I was like, okay, I have to think of a name. Of course, this is the one I'm going to choose. And now I'm like, yeah, I can't name my child after like the anonymous gay sex that I have. But, that, yeah. but that's my story about Grinder. is just that like, yeah, I've managed to tarnish my name and that I oh do choose God. to be someone else on it, which is like really weird. I did a quick Google search of the hottest male names. And the first thing that came up was a totally scientific, totally legit BuzzFeed survey of the 100 hottest names for guys. The number one, I kid you not, Liam. Psychologists have long uncovered that words convey symbolic ideas beyond their meaning. For example, if I were to describe two sets of squiggles to you, one of winding curvy loops and the other short jagged lines, which one would be a Maluma and which one would be a Taquette? Respondents overwhelmingly assigned the Maluma as the loopy, curvy squiggle and the Taquette as the sharp design. This extends to our own names and how we are treated. 
For example, a study out of UCLA found that some names immediately aroused images of success, popularity, or kindness. Another study looked at 1,000 pairs of twin sisters where one twin was named Alex, a name that is ranked as being fairly masculine. The Alex in the pair of twins was twice as likely to study math and science at a higher level than her twin sister. So clearly, names can shape a lot about us and how we are treated. It is no wonder that for centuries we have been using pseudonyms, not only to protect our identity, but to create a new one. There isn't a lot of research on fake names and dating apps, but there is some research around fake Instagram accounts. Researchers have found that many teens have what are called finstas, where they can post pictures and feel less pressure to look perfect, and as a way to enjoy their interests privately without fear of being bullied or judged compared to on their real Instagram or Rinsta. Okay, someone tell me if that is what they're really called. Sometimes I feel like an old lady. Um, is anyone saying Rinsta? Let me know. Anyway, what's in a name? Apparently, a lot. Have you ever hooked up with someone who's known who you were from Last Culture? No, I, 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 well, not from Grinder. Okay, okay. Like, I find that, like, Instagram. Oh, like, in the community. Like, Instagram DMing is now replacing So you Grindr say that, you guys talk about that a lot on your podcast, that you yeah. think that that's, like, the new apps or whatever. Well, it kind of is, because it's, like, when someone is speaking to you on Instagram, uh, I feel like there's a reason. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Especially, like, they hear what we talk about on the pod, and they hear that we say, like, we go to our DMs. Like, so gotcha. then, they, then so when you, you get messages after so you that. you specifically being like like with this podcast it's like where you're seeing the most like action i think on instagram yeah well instagram's also my like drug of choice okay. like i'm not on facebook anymore yeah. and twitter i i like I, I don't correspond on there but instagram is like i think where people can easily like that's the phrase slip into your dms pretty yeah, easily of the DM. and i'm not like i'm not actively using grinder right now but well i'm on it and like i checked it like recently yeah. but like i'm not like going out and like hooking up on it right now whereas like there was a time during my open relationship where i had first discovered because i didn't have grinder before i started dating my ex i got it when we decided to be open because uh, i had never been on grinder okay. so i downloaded it when we were that's open like, and i went this? crazy on it, it yeah. this was like <laughs> that's true the yeah. dopamine oh it's like whoa <laughs> uh, and i was like i can get this all the time and then you run into problems yes. which i'll talk about in my story yeah. um but uh yeah it was like I'm going to say we were dating for like a year and then I got Grinder. Okay. But when was this in relation to now? How many years? Uh, ago? I'm going to say ooh, two and a half years ago. Okay. So yeah. Like pretty so recent. I, I was on it like, and I was using it actively for like an eight month period Okay. during which time I hooked up with a lot of people and. Wait, can we go into your story? Is yeah. This, my story is like, my story is like. There was a week where I used it, and I think I hooked up with like six people in a week. Oh, well, that's almost that could have been one a day, and but I, it you was took like, Sunday but off. But I also think I hooked up with a with two people in one day once. Like wow. I was like being like the horniest little one because that takes time. It's and honestly, like I don't know, I was just bouncing around, and I was like, wow, the fact that I'm being so promiscuous on this, like. And everyone else, I assume, that it, it was always just so rote. It was so by the numbers. Like, everyone was so used to doing this. I was like, I wonder if this is going to, like, potentially have a bad consequence for me in just some what, way. Just what the sheer amount of 
sex that you're just having. the sheer amount it wasn't even sex it was like full-blown sex and oh, i always sorry, say I mean, like with sheer, gay guys yeah. it's like your sex is your sex you know yeah, what i mean yeah, if you're not like true. in somebody else yeah, it's at all a lot times, of work it's not always gonna happen that please. way please like yeah. and that's another thing for people to understand is i yeah. think when gay guys say we had sex it's like that that can just mean you like jacked off together yeah yeah truly um but so i was having all these experiences and i was like hmm i wonder if um this will hit me bite me in the ass no pun intended <laughs> um <laughs> Got an STI. Oh my god! First one ever. For, oh, first and only to one ask ever. Which one? Yeah. Okay. So it was warts. Okay. Wow. And yeah. And so. And actually, I went to a city MD, and they. Wait, what's that? A city MD is like this thing in New York. It's like it's sort of like a fast casual doctor's office. It's is it crazy? How, how does that work? As so a place for free healthcare. Do you pay I know. like what, like visa like? What do you mean? You like, basically pay a copay, so it's like a twenty dollars situation every time. Okay. But if you have insurance, you can go use this. Okay, so so I, I happen to have insurance, thank God. Um, and so I was able to go in there once things were acting up, and so I was so, like, oh, something's wow. going on. And it was a city MD, which is like, like I said, like the doctors are like in and out. They just they verbally like not, they verbally and visually assessed me, and they were like, oh yeah, um, they told me I had herpes, and I was like, no, they didn't test for it. No, they didn't. They said, well, we're not going to test for it or, unless you want us to, but. That's what it is And I was like Okay well, I'm really kind of upset Like cause it was herpes Which is what That's you have forever That's still a big deal Yeah But then I went to a real doctor Okay Not for so nothing there's, so Not there's that they're like not real doctors here. But I went to a doctor Right after that Who did test me for it And I did not have it So it's like I actually had this I had warts Which you can get rid of And doesn't come back So was that a relief for you Like from Oh my god A huge relief And that's the thing is like I will say During that short period of time Where I thought I had herpes I actually was happy to like be able to do a lot of research on it because there you really can keep herpes in check. Yeah. There's a huge stigma on it because you do have it forever. Um, but usually it's like two or three breakouts a year and like it's not usually a big deal for people. Greg and Matt did an excellent job highlighting how STI infections continue to be stigmatized in our society. Either intentionally or unintentionally, people can still be rather judgmental about sex. The idea that STIs indicate particular moral, ethical, or sensible shortcomings remains so pervasive that it becomes a line of thinking that's so hard to avoid, even when the target of such stigma and negativity is ourselves. This can lead to further problems. A 2017 New Zealand study found that among young people, the stigma associated with STIs functions as a barrier to testing. Some participants in the study reported that they were worried about their reputation if someone saw them going for a test. Fearing a positive diagnosis, many folks decide that they'd rather not know their status at all. The issue is even more pronounced within the queer community, where folks can also face... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Compounding stigmas regarding their gender identities and sexual orientations. These stigmas can induce feelings of shame and guilt that can contribute to mental illness. And not only can emotional and mental health issues lead to even more stigma, but they have been shown to increase the risk of harm from STIs as well. But at the end of the day, STIs are just infections that infect folks regardless of race, gender, or sexual orientation. Many are asymptomatic, meaning the only way to know if you have one is to be tested regularly. And lastly, they're incredibly common. Some, like HPV, infect more than half of the sexually active population. From generating feelings of shame and guilt to discouraging testing, it's clear that the stigma surrounding STIs does nothing but cause harm. So let's work together to eradicate stigma and shame once and for all. And, you know, people give things to each other like it happens, like that's just the world we live in, like STIs are a reality. But, you know, when you're facilitating a situation where strangers hook up, it's one thing. And then also the kind of social media aspect of it, of like comparing bodies and being able to block each other and the language that gets used on Grindr. Mm-hmm. Like it's like when, once you... Very s- anonymous too. Oh, yeah. Once you, you steep yourself to. in it, it's it's pretty ugly. Well, I'm going to take the other side of Grindr, Matt. So okay. we're going to debate this out. But Perfect. I do think that's really interesting, and I'm like, I think sexual health is so important, and it's true. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like there is such a stigma around it, and I think it's so important that we like get rid of that for so many reasons. But it doesn't mean that sex doesn't come with risk always, oh, yeah. and that's like I think an important thing to just always remember that like it's right. so pleasurable, and we need to talk about it. It needs to be in the open. We can't ignore it. Like I'm so happy that you were able to talk about that, but at the same time, like you're right, it still is a risky thing to do, especially a lot. And like anonymously And so you just have to be careful Right like, I mean I consider myself Still sex positive to this day But it's just like That was like an experience Where I was like Oh The, the STIs ha- aren't just something Other people get And it happened you know to I mean? you In your life At a time when you were feeling A certain way And that's totally valid And like Yeah, yeah. And I, it's just crazy Because grinder can easily be Something that magnifies that Right And then I went to my ex And I was like "I'm. This is the worst thing That ever happened to me I have an STI And he was like Oh I've had three Yeah you know what no, I mean? That's it's true like, People don't talk about it But it's like you know, this happens to people. Yeah, no, exactly. And they should talk about more because it is so common. And then yeah. we have less for guts. Totally. Then we're like, oh my God, herpes are cool. <laughs> <laughs> After this short break, when we come back, we're going to get into our heated debate about whether or not we think Grinder is a good or bad thing for society and for the queer community. We just want to take this time to thank you all so much for listening to this podcast and engaging with us online. And we just want to ask you again to make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave a comment and like it wherever you can, however you're listening to your podcast. That really helps with the algorithm so that other people see it. But again, we started this not that long ago. It was a project that we really wanted to do. We're having so much fun with it. We love interacting with you. We love making these podcasts. So we're just thrilled and excited to know that you're actually listening and enjoying them. So essentially, thank you. 
So we in the debate today are going to be talking about Grindr. I'm going to be taking the position that I think Grindr is a good thing. And I will be taking the position that I think Grindr probably is something we could do without. <laughs> yeah, and, as, and the, with anecdotes galore, we've already yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to go first. I'm going to put two minutes on the clock, and I'm going to explain. Debate time. Okay, so one thing that's really interesting about Grindr that I found it recently is that studies actually found that it is the most effective way at reaching the queer gay community about preventions of STIs. So they found that when they actually want to explain something like HIV prevention, which is like obviously still so important in our community or like any sort of whether or not it's something mental health wise, when they, they've tried, like they've literally done free HIV, like um, vending machines on the streets or like taking ads in the New York Times and like nothing works when trying to click to a website. But when they put ads on Grindr, they get the highest influx of people actually using it for an educational purpose, which I thought was like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's this thing called homophily, which is something that's taught. I don't know if it's phyly or philly, which is talked about a lot in our community, which is that. And they've studied that white men on Grindr will more likely hook up with other white men on Grindr. They're homophiles. Homophiles. Is yeah. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. Whereas like other diverse races won't will hook up with diverse people. And that has created like a narrative, I think, in our community, like because of like the no fats, no femmes, like no Asians conversation has come out of Grindr. Like visually, we've had to like almost see that and deal with it like whereas i think without grinder it might have been something that like slowly brewed in the consciousness that people weren't actually attacking so i think that it's true and i think there's so much racism in the gay community that's been brought to the forefront because we've actually had to like experience it through grinder mm-hmm. um also i think about us as like privileged people in like big cities because like after world war ii like gay people went to san francisco that created the big community there and then there's la new york toronto like that's where gay people gather but not all gay people can do that and i think grinder can be a really amazing resource for people who are in smaller towns or not actually able to just like when i walk around new york i'm like is everybody gay and then <laughs> lastly what i'll say is that it's like legitimately a gay space and i think now that gay neighborhoods are sort of like going away it actually is a place where you can like log on and literally speak to other gay men which i think at a time was more necessary but doesn't exist as much anymore okay yeah wow did that change honestly (laughs) you you made it you made some great points (laughs) and i feel i've actually made a lot of my points already so we're gonna see and this is so interesting because you put us on a timer and i'm used to being on a timer for my frenetic i don't think so honey segment on my podcast so i am good on a timer okay okay but also no pressure because i know that you're like hearing or just like doing our podcast but also we should say like if there's a weird energy in this audience because we're in new york uh, yeah if there's a weird new york energy or if there's an amazing new york energy yeah that's why taxi you're in the forever dog podcast Podcast Network yeah. Studio. It's beautiful. It's warm. It's cozy. I don't. I'm not overheating in our weird ass <laughs> place. Okay, so maybe two minutes, no pressure, and explain so, why grinder is bad. How could you? So basically, what you said about no fats, no femmes, no Asians, and that being a thing that's existed in the community, and now that it's on grinder, and now that it's become a narrative, now we can discuss it. That doesn't mean that people aren't now experiencing that. I think on a magnitude that they never have before. Hmm. I mean, I think that it's almost a situation of like, yes, we have Trump and. And that's bad but didn't he get so many people to vote it's like it's like a chicken or the egg situation like mm. I don't know I'd rather not um, people experience this kind of hatred online because that's exactly what it is it's hatred it's racism it's all these things I do understand what you're saying now we can tackle this subject and, and people are now being forced to talk about it so I think you have a good point there however I am concerned about the language on there and I think it, it actually um, contributes to a sort of like sexual humiliation before it even happens and I don't think it can have people feeling good about themselves sexually I think if Grindr is going to continue I think that they need to make big changes I think there needs to be 
be some sort of like ban on hate speech in the in in chatting. I think that there should be not that they should watch it necessarily, but like I don't know, maybe something where you can't say no fats, no femmes, no Asians in your profile or something like that. Um or else the profile gets flagged or something. I think it's extremely harmful. I have a lot of concerns about, um, you know, setting people up in strange environments when they can represent themselves as anything. They can catfish other people. This is something with dating apps across the board and in social media profiling, but especially in, when it comes to you're going to essentially like lie to someone about who you are sexually, what kind of atmosphere they're going to be entering in a vulnerable way. I have a lot of concerns about that. Also, to be honest with you, just as someone who exists in the world and is susceptible to social media, going online and seeing perfect torsos all around me can make me think to myself, wow, if my body isn't perfect, what the fuck am I? And I do think it contributes to a sort of mental, emotional, and sexual deterioration and a bullying of oneself. Wow. Okay. Good. <laughs> These are the alarms going off. Good. So, <laughs> that's my kind of like, I, I guess d just to cap it off, I would say, and I know my two minutes are up, but no, no, we're gonna we, people were fucking for millions of yeah. years before this thing. And I, I definitely I agree with you that there is community on there, but it also makes me sad that our community exists in that space. So when you say you're susceptible to social media, what do you mean by that? Like, what I mean by that is um, very simply that when someone is able to um, project a perfected image of themselves or an image of themselves that is very... Um, distorted and may not exist that through grinder through or grinder, Instagram through anything the gay community I mean talking about like buff like yeah I'm talking about like if you don't look this way you're worthless yeah. and I, you're not going to be worthy of my attention and sometimes I'll go on grinder and I'll, I'll it'll just be like 50 torsos that are like perfectly ripped and have beautiful pecs and everything and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like I don't look like that. Yeah. And I think, wow, does everyone else look like, look like that? And then you add that to the freaking laundry list of things that there are to worry about and beat yourself up for already as a gay millennial and like someone in this world who's trying to, you know, have a good self-esteem and have a good um, level of confidence. Like, I think it contributes to a lot of depression, to be honest with you. And yeah. It can make you feel very far away from everybody. And also even like they've done studies on the actual act of grinder and the whole experience is really interesting because it's the whole lead up to whatever sort of sex that you have, it involves like, yeah, like this weird. So one thing I would say the pro about it is that this weird conversation does lead to you explaining to the person the type of sex you want to have right. before you get there, which I think is a pro to grinder. Like you actually get to be like, you know, this is what I'm sexually interested in. This is what I hope to have happen when I get there. Yeah. And I, and I think it could be beneficial when it comes to like going home with someone from a bar and not knowing what's about to happen. Oh yeah, I will say that I've had some of the best sex I've ever had after being on Grinder because I've been radically honest about what I want exactly. and they've been radically honest about what they want and because you realize that you're going to be both on the same page, page, you get there and then you're able to do that. Exactly. And I do think that that's really important. Like a lot of sex is like it can be weird. Maybe you're into something like specific and you can actually find people on that within your community which is really good. But another thing to your point, I'm going to go back and forth right now because I, I think we're both yeah. back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. We have back all that to choose reverse, aside, but reverse, reverse. reverse. Well, uh, yeah. sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I truly am verse. But <laughs> Ooh, right? good for you. Right? Is that like it? Like I don't. I know, think people... I was verse in my early 20s, and now I just can't hop on dicks like I used to, Greg. <laughs> God. Not a 28. Oh my God. Yeah, that's true. Again, there's a lot that goes into it. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different episode called anal sex. <laughs> truly. <laughs> um, yeah, but th there's there's a lot of like even with orgasms like they're addictive like literally the way that oh, your brain yeah. reacts like a dopamine re like release it's like 
It's really... I'm addicted to this stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I really think that that's an important thing that we all need to talk about in the age of being able to access sex so differently. Like, yeah. you're, you just always have to be aware. Like you said, you had sex <laughs> six days in a week. That is an amazing thing if that's something that you want but it sounds like it was something that maybe you had lost control of a little bit and people need to be aware that it's like similar pathways in your brain to cocaine and these other things I'm not oh, saying they're yeah. the same thing but they it's addictive well you can get addicted to anything yeah yeah that's yeah. true I yeah. mean anything that gives you a positive response back you can get addicted to so and I do think grinder is like I don't know. I feel for me, like any of the times, like, yeah, I've been traveling. Like sometimes it's like, whoa, it's like a dark waste of time where, where the conversations that you have with other men on the platform are a lot of them very weirdly negative. Yeah. Like to the, like, it's just like a weird microcosm that I think a lot of people can relate to. But then I'm sometimes like, is it just me having these weird ass conversations with torsos? Or I don't know. It's also, it's also like deciding you're going to have sex with someone before you've been in physical proximity with them and like smelt them and like touch them them in the eyes. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's such a huge part of sex. Like whether you're going to connect to someone like actually, because I could look at someone's picture online and be like, Oh, I want to have sex with them and then see them in real life. And like, no. Meanwhile, there are people that I've been so attracted to in the moment. And I was like, I'm so surprised. I'm like really attracted to this person, but I am because sex is and sexual attraction is not about aesthetics necessarily. It's about chemical connection. Matt is totally right. So much of attraction is chemical, and when it comes to what turns us on, the nose really knows. Each one of us has a unique body scent, independent of the cologne and perfume we wear. This involves our HLA genes, or human leukocyte antigen genes, that control the makeup of bacteria on our skin, giving us our unique odor. They also are an important component of our immune system and help identify foreign objects like bacteria in our bodies. Here is what's interesting. You can tell who you will love, or rather lust after, by smelling their sweaty t-shirt. In a strange but fascinating study, researchers told 44 male students to wear a con t-shirt for two days in a row and to avoid cologne and strong smelling soap and then to seal it in a bag, close it up. Then those t-shirts were given to 49 women who then opened up the bag, took a big old smell, and then ranked the t-shirts one to five. There wasn't one best smelling male, but rather different favorites for different women. Women preferred t-shirts of men who had the most genetically different immune systems from their own. By sniffing our lovers, we can subconsciously determine who has different genes than ours, meaning if we have a baby together, we would be passing on diverse genes to our offspring, making a healthier baby. Research among queer couples is still new, but early studies are finding similar results. So, you know what they always say, when it comes to genes that control bacteria on our skin, opposites really do attract. That's the void on Grinder. That's the yeah. void. That's I mean, it's literally the unfillable thing. The void that Grinder will never be able to fill is like actual, genuine. I see you. You see me. We both feel this way. 
Let's That's do it. Animal so attraction is not existing on Grinder. I feel like anytime I've even ever been on Grinder and started to like become myself is mm-hmm. when people just like stop talking. It's like right. so interesting. It's like, wait, what are you actually? It's like, are we all just like making this up? And that brings me back to your point about, I don't know, I want to talk more about this like body image thing because I've heard you guys talk yeah. about it a lot recently. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, I don't, I just. Well, what is your picture on Grinder? Is it your face or is it your body? Oh, it's my body. Yeah. But because I also don't want to show my face. I get that. But also my body isn't like sick or anything. Like, but then I guess that's interesting. Maybe that's why I haven't been on Grindr, but maybe that's why I get less messages. But it is. I don't know. I mean, I can't say that, but it's just like, it's interesting to. Like, yeah. Would you say the chief reason that you use your body yes, as a picture I would. is because. I would. I would honestly say You would that. say it's because you don't want to yeah, use your face. But, but, well, people know who you are. But, but like, like, yeah, sure. Like maybe. But that, like, that is the reason why I do it. And I would, but my wish I could put my face <laughs> because I actually do wow, think that. Crazy. Like, I, I do use my, I do use my face. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, and I wish, I wish. That I could and I think what I'm trying to say is like when you do meet people who are like super jacked on Instagram or whatever are they not like also like suffering from the same types of things I think that everyone is in their own body and makes up every day and like it's I would say it's the rare person that looks in the mirror and says I'm absolutely 100% happy here yeah but um I just think it's not really necessarily about what they feel about themselves like when you go on there as someone who's lo- decided to log on to the app it's like you are then seeing that. And I think it can just be a little bit disheartening when you think about your own self. Yeah. If you're someone who does look average or normal or like isn't like in tip top physical shape, I just think like to be able to see a sea of people who are projecting perfection can be tough. Yeah. And I guess I just, yeah, I guess that's like what Grinder really, you're right. Grinder is a great example of a negative aspect of this part of our community. But I guess I just say, I guess I just think when I see those people, online like whether on instagram or even had a gay bar i'm like it is a bit of a red flag like i don't want to put too much like of my like energy into i guess comparing myself to people like that but maybe that's just like my own journey and i sometimes worry about like you know what i mean i'm like there's so many hot different types of gay people and i think people are embracing that more and more that i am like i worry about like i don't know putting all this like like focus on people who are just like jacked and like, I will say whatever. this I never even talk to the torsos online yeah, like, yeah. I, I, to the grind, no I I talk to the faces yeah, yeah because I'm like I don't know if I'd want to hook up with someone that was just like only presenting their torso without a good reason like you seem to have a good reason well I mean and I also like if I, and I bet, I bet if, I, good, if I message you you would send a face pic yeah yeah yes I right. would I would lead with the face <laughs> you gotta lead with the face so the thing is like some people are just like just a torso and then you talk to them like or are you have in the past and they're like okay cool so come over and I'm like I haven't seen your yeah, face yeah yeah I wouldn't know what you looked like yeah and that's the part that's of it that's like what too. like are you insane like I would much rather like talk to a face and then they show the body because I do love to trade pics yeah <laughs> I love trading pics <laughs> he's free He's free. I guess I just, yeah. I think Grinder, like, I think there are positive aspects of it. I think without it, the gay community could, like, I don't know, who knows? Like, it's such an, um, mm-hmm. like, huge, it's been such a huge impact on our ability to, like, have sex. And I think that sex has been also yeah. a really important, like, freeing part of, like, being queer for a long time. That it has created, like, a weird, like, I don't even know if it's a good or bad thing. But I really feel like moving forward and, like, with Grinder, for the most part, I'm like, I think it's 
it is dark. Like, I think it's in a dark place. It's dark. And I don't think it's doing that much positivity. But here's what I'd say. The re- the gay reality is also dark. Yeah. And here's what I'd say. And it's like, we are two gay men having this discussion. And here's what I'd say to straight people who think that they can weigh in about their opinions on Grindr. You can't. Because, yeah. and I would say, let our community have this discussion and figure it out. Like, I sometimes will talk to straight women who are like, ugh, gay guys are so promiscuous. Oh. Or like, Grindr, I can't believe you guys just say what you want to do and then you go fuck like, and it's like so straight weird. guys are like you're so lucky and, you can just yeah, like right. go yeah and it's like antiquated on both fronts because it's like women don't want to be slut shamed but that's exactly what you're doing to us and then also like there's this kind of ick factor around gay sex that heterosexuals like often I think have a blind spot to the fact that they think it's gross. Yeah. But when they're saying like, Oh, I can't believe you guys just do that. They wouldn't say that I think to their heterosexual peers. So people said that to you. Oh no. I mean like in, or just in, like in general, in like, college, like, yeah. like I talked to one friend and she was being really kind of like nasty about grinder and about just like gay promiscuity. And I'm like, you can go to any bar in this city and sit down and if a guy comes up to you and starts talking to you it's just normal and you've never had to think about it we have select spaces in this city we can go to and if a guy comes up and talks to me and starts flirting with me it's normal if i'm in a straight bar and a guy comes up to me and starts flirting with me people are going to notice so your dating and sexual reality is so different than mine that you have no right to come in and judge how we decide to have sex and connect with each other. And that's kind of, an, that is an interesting part about Grindr. It makes me think of it more as a pro because it is sort of like a necessary thing in some ways. And I think there's a lot of shame attached to even me, like with Grindr hookups, but it's like, I like, I think about how I've even had them and then like, wouldn't tell like, a like girlfriends, for example, if that's right. something I just done that day or whatever. Right. But it's like, that is actually really interesting. Like, why do I feel that shame? Because, and it is because probably we have shame so linked, attached to ourselves like anyway, yeah. for, in, in no matter what, which is just kind of a reality that, that we live. Live. And it's so important to think about through everything that we do because it is, it can be so helpful when oh, you yeah. start to address it. One of my least favorite things people say is like, I love that you're gay, but that's not the only thing about you. Or when people say, yeah. I'm gay, but it's not the only thing about me. That is bullshit. Yeah. You are gay and it's a huge thing about you. And if it were the quote unquote only thing or major thing about you, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah, that's not like, a bad thing. Your sexuality so dictates a lot about you. And I will say this thing of I'm gay, but it's not the only thing about me or I'm gay, but it's not the main thing about me is something that they want you to say Mm -hmm. they put that sentence in your mouth through mainstream film and television and it's not true or when someone says you know uh, you're gay and that's your business it's like you're straight and it's my business all the time time. you know how many fucking times i have to read about about priyanka chopra and nick jonas their sexuality (laughs) their relationship is my business fucking brad pitt whoever he's ever dated over the past 20 years has been my business down yeah so so don't tell me that like you're supportive of me but also my business is my business and etc it's just like you have to understand the way these things are harmful and so when we're on something like grinder and this is why i'm also both ways on it verse on this topic <laughs> is because it's like yeah we're gonna get ours the way we can get ours because it's not yeah, as easy as exactly it is for that's, you. That, that is like i really think an important part and i think there's a lot of 
aspects of Grindr that are negative and even thinking about uh, Tinder versus Grindr and the way that it's designed. Like Tinder, there is that mutual thing that has to happen first where you have to like swipe right. Yeah. And that's going to actually like, I'm sort of like Grindr. It's consent. Yeah. Why would you like <laughs> eliminating that is what creates more hate speech because that's, they found, they literally studied Tinder versus Grindr and there's so much more hate speech on Grindr and they were trying to figure Absolutely. out the software and they're like, it's because Tinder allows this thing at the beginning to be like, okay, there's a mutual attraction. Now we can start. Whereas Grindr, there's this like literal like, like anyone can show wall. you a picture of their asshole first, and then people people can have their opinion on you, and they can be racist, and they can yeah. be like it, there are certain design flaws to it that I think could literally be fixed that could make it a more positive thing for everyone. But you're right; I think gay sex is something that is always going to be one of the hardest things we have to deal with. The way that it's thought of by the public by media like people literally just think it's gross and yeah. they don't want to talk about it well, and so then we end holes. up in these yeah because it's yeah. buttholes and we end up in these like maybe what i think of like literally the grinder app as dark like these dark places yeah to find sex but i wish i didn't have to think of it that way and so i think yeah as much as like maybe it can create so much negativity for us and there's aspects of it that are problematic there still maybe is a necessity for it yeah. for us in order to have like safe free sex right the, and the well the idea that the idea that gay sex is something easy to just do and get is so false i know it's I know. so false and it's, if people think that's the way it is then they're just wrong yeah or they just don't know enough about it which is literally what like aesop signs everything about like ignorance is what makes people not tolerant so it's like yeah. if you just people just need to be educated like even if someone was friends with a lot of gay guys over a long period of time mm -hmm. that that straight girl will likely know a lot more about anal sex and probably be less yeah. grossed out by it and, and maybe like, she'll even try it maybe, out exactly like every, everyone has a bad hole it's an option for everyone and it feels good I would say you have a perfectly good like clitoris i would enjoy that yeah but like also you know put it in your butt yeah i know there's you have lots of options <laughs> i'm just like kind of jealous that you guys don't have to use your buttholes because it I hurts know. <laughs> i know well that's only because you're 28 mm. <laughs> it didn't hurt you when you were younger Couldn't apparently just sit, can't just sit on dicks like i used to <laughs> no longer Title verse. Of app. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no longer verse but we're verse on this subject thank you so much matt for weighing in on this and being like open and personal and i'm so open i <laughs> <laughs> you can find him on Grinder. You can find him. Oh my God, no! And you, if you honestly, if you ever find me and you see my face, yep, that's me. Um, again, last call, Teresa. Make sure you're listening. We love the podcast. It's amazing. I feel like I'm like in the home of it right now, and it's you making are. me feel honored and giddy. And just thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Peace. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.